Hello, and welcome to Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is Series 4, Episode 4. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Dad. How are you? I'm good. You? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I feel like this is another week that you might be surprised with who I like and dislike. Okay. Well, let's remind everyone who you add. So you add Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. Peter Gabriel, Glenn Goldsmith, Steve Winwood, Lemal, and Eric Clapton. Yeah, I did indeed. Now, I haven't wrote down how many number ones you had. Which oh. is a bit foolish of me. Oh. Um, Shall I let you know how many number ones I thought there were, though? Yeah, you tell tell well, me tell well, us how yeah. many you thought, and um, so. I'll hopefully eventually find out how many you've had. Yeah, I have gone with five number ones. Five. I don't think it's that many. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I've gone with three from Paul McCartney and two from Peter Gabriel. I thought that's where you might have most, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I also think, and now I'm like, oh, well, it's not going to be true, is it? I think that there's someone with some good songs, but I don't think they would have had a number one with them. I think someone that covered it would have had a number one with it. Maybe. Mm. I don't know how big it was, but yeah, because I know someone that's um, definitely had a song covered, or they covered it from someone, but yeah, I don't know which one would have come first. I feel like the one I listened to this week would have come first, and it's been covered rather than being a cover. So yeah, I've gone with five that I've listened to, but I think maybe there's another number one in there. But not this, not the one that I've listened to. Okay. Well, bear with me because this is longer than normal now. My fault. I should have already prepared. Are there more than five number ones then? Well, or are you have to go through everything. At the moment, I haven't got the answer to that. And if we just fast forward five minutes. Okay, I'm I'm done. Okay. So you had this week three number ones. Three? Oh. Three. Oh, they're all gonna be from Paul McCartney, aren't they? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, they're gonna be from Paul yeah? McCartney. Uh, and I said three from Paul McCartney. So shall I tell you what ones I said? Go on. I said Ebony and Ivory. Yeah. The Girl is Mine. And Ferry Cross the Mersey. Okay. We shall see. Yeah. I did say two for Peter Gabriel as well, but I think they're all going to come from Paul McCartney. 
I will be annoyed if one of Peter Gabriel's don't become number one, though, because I think it deserves to be number one. So I'm intrigued to where that would What's that? Bico. Bico? Bico. Ah, I'll explain about Bico. Bico. Bico, Bico. Whatever he is. So, let's talk music. Let's talk Sir Paul McCartney. Yes. So, <coughs> am I right in saying that Paul McCartney became a soloist after the Beatles? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yes. I, w- I want to know what made him. Hence, you've got him in the 1980s. Oh, yeah, weren't the Beatles the 60s? The Beatles were like 50s, 60s. Well, that was a momentary lapse for me. Well, I want to know what made him leave or what happened there, okay? But he's obviously big as a soloist on the back of the Beatles, I think. Um, I never realised either how soft his voice was. Like I've listened to the Beatles, but it's not really my type of music, so I've never really focused on vocalist or anything and blah 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 so i never realized what paul mccartney's voice was really like because it's i've never listened to him either um he has a large repertoire of like calming songs um and i don't know if you know what i mean but he's got a carol like a christmas carol voice like he could just go around the houses singing christmas carols and it would sound beautiful Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, watching videos, I was like, I've only ever seen this man in a suit. And then, like, going through, like, his videos really tell stories. Um, and he also ages really quickly. And so with stories, for example, um, Waterfalls shows he's a songwriter. He starts off at the piano writing a song, then he, like, gets up and he sings a song and it ends with him going back to piano writing a song. Pipes of Peace links with the war. It's a good reference to the lyrics. Like they're all in trenches and everything. It's a really good, good video, I think. And another one that stood out to me was We All Stand Together. It has Rupert Bear in it. Mm-hmm. That was a great video. It's like animated with yeah. Paul McCartney. Well, you have seen Pipes of Peace and We All Stand Together before. I've because got- they were in the Christmas. They were in the Christmas. Pipes of Peace, yes. I don't remember We All Stand Together being in. Oh, yeah, I do. I did have two of Paul McCartney. Yeah, but I didn't watch the videos. So, yeah, I didn't watch the videos for the Christmas ones because that was just rating them where I'd put them, not about the people, weren't it? So, yeah, as videos go, I uh, really enjoyed We All Stand Together. Okay. Was that just because of... Um, Rupert Bear. I loved Rupert Bear. Rupert Bear. He was still about when I was younger. I did like a bit of Rupert Bear. Okay. So, Paul McCartney is from Liverpool, England. Yeah. Um, he's been active since 1957. Still alive. And he... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. old. He did he perform at the Diamond the the Diamond Jubilee or the Combination? I'm sure someone else did. Yes. Um, So he is one of the wealthiest musicians in the world, with an estimated fortune of eight hundred million. So he was born James Paul McCartney. 
McCartney taught himself the piano, guitar and songwriting as a teenager after being influenced by his father, who was a jazz player, as well as rock and roll performers such as Little Richard and Buddy Holly. So McCartney began his music career in joining John Lennon's Giffle group, The Quarrymen, in 1957. Just so you know, Skiffle is a kind of folk music performed with a mixture of homemade improvised instruments, right. so like spoons, oh, okay, yeah. a waffle, things yeah. like that. So the Quarrymen evolved into a band called the Beatles. You may have heard of them. Yeah, maybe. Um, and this was in 1960. So by the time of the band's eighth album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, in 1967, McCartney was seen as the band's leader and the creative impetus for most of their music and film projects. It is mainly McCartney whose songs like And I Love Her, Yesterday, Eleanor Rigby and Blackbird, which rank among the most covered songs in history. Oh, wow. So they're, they're the Beatles songs, so yeah. There's Beatles songs penned by McCartney and Lennon, um, and they are the most covered of all time. And I'm guessing that because they're being covered and they wrote them, they get royalties from that as well. Hence, he's worth 800 million. That's mad. That's something to shout about, isn't it? So, yeah. So while his role in the Beatles was primarily bassist, He also played a number of instruments on various songs, including keyboards, guitars, and even the drums. Oh, so was he not a singer in Beatles then? Yeah, yeah. But it's when John Lennon was the main singer. Ah, so that will explain why I've never really heard his voice, because when I have listened to the Beatles, it's not really Paul McCartney that I've listened to. No, it's John, it'd be John Lennon. So after the the Beatles disbanded in September 1969... McCartney released a solo album called McCartney in 1970, and then he formed the band Wings with his then wife Linda and Denny Lane. So led by McCartney, Wings were one of the most successful bands of the 70s, and he wrote or co-wrote their US-UK number one hits, My Love, Band on the Run, Listen to What the Man Said, Silly Love Songs, and Marl of Kintai. McCartney resumed his solo career in 1980, and by 1981, Wings were disbanded. So McCartney has toured as a solo artist since 1989. Beyond music, McCartney has taken part in many projects, to promote various international charities, including animal rights, seal hunting, landmines, vegetarianism, poverty, and music education. McCartney has written or co-written a record 32 songs that have topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the US and seen sales of 25.5 million by 2009. Oh, he's done a lot. You can see why he's earning the money. Also, did you say 
that he's toured as a soloist since 1989. Yes. So what was he doing in the 80s then? Not touring, just releasing music? Like, I mean, he wasn't touring, no. No, I mean, I don't even, I'm not even not even sure if he was at Live Aid. So he wasn't really, you know, I don't recall him. He certainly wasn't in Band Aid. Uh, do they know at Christmas? And I'm not sure he performed at Live Aid. So he obviously just wasn't performing. But he was releasing music. Um, from when Wings um, disbanded in, when did I say? Was it 1981? So from between 1981 and 1989, he obviously was releasing, writing songs and recording them as a solo artist, but wasn't actually performing um oh, okay performing I live really confusing because i was like why is he saying 89 like, i've got all these songs like he must have been doing something but he just went yeah uh, it's just he was no, i said touring so yeah. there's a there's a difference between you know touring and writing songs and recording yeah. you know? but it's only because usually it comes hand in hand doesn't it like you release your songs you're touring well, yeah, you, you're touring to promote a new album yeah, or so that's why you know, i was to, confused what was he doing fair enough so yeah so um mccartney was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 1988 as a member of the beatles and as a solo artist in 1999 mm. he has won 18 grammy awards during his career and was awarded an OBE in 1965. Oh. And gained a knighthood in 1997. Wow, so he's had that for years. But then yeah. considering, like, all that charity work that he does as well, like, I'm not surprised that you get, you get yeah. it. Um, also, what the other, I know, obviously, we're on Paul McCartney, but linked to the Beatles. Did... Like, will I be having any of the other Beatles members? Like, did John Lennon go solo? He did, but he did. It wasn't as successful because obviously he got um, assassinated, so didn't really take off as much as um, yeah. Paul McCartney. And he that none of the other two. Did but they weren't singing. Uh, Ringo Starr and George Harrison. No, they didn't really have any success as um, as uh, music. I mean, I think George Harrison did go into other groups, but not as a soloist. I think he did yeah. have a solo career, but it not wasn't there. And obviously, um, uh, forgot the other. I've forgotten his name now. I've just said it. Star, Star, Ringo. Ringo well, Star. That's it. He obviously went on to narrate Thomas the Tank Engine. Really? So if you watched Thomas the Tank Engine as a kid, I used to watch Ringo Starr narrate. Ringo Starr narrated it. Did not know that. Well, there you go. Find out something every day. Yeah. So that is um, Paul McCartney. Um, as regard, regards your, your your question, I don't know really why um, the Beatles did disband. Obviously, I wasn't you, looking up the no, Beatles, yeah. and it's it's not something I know. You'd think that you know everyone knows a Beatles song, you know, yeah. even you know like you and me, and we weren't around when the Beatles were no. at their well, even. I wasn't even around. Say, when did I say they? Um, in the sixties. No, 
they uh, disbanded in 1969 yeah. so yeah before me so um yeah i i don't know um i never saw them obviously okay. um but i know of them but um yeah i don't know why um they disbanded i quickly looked it up creative differences money problems and a certain band member's girlfriend have all been used to explain the split Wow. Yeah, right. yeah, I do think Yoko Ono, Yoko ono sort of split them, and, I've, and possibly even Linda McCartney, who obviously Paul McCartney then um, formed Wings with. So, um, okay. but um, I mean, I I don't really remember Wings, but a lot I, I prefer Wings music to the Beatles because it's I suppose the Beatles, as much as they're iconic and that they're obviously it's 19 i'm not yeah, into that too. music but wings is more modern i suppose because yeah. it is 70s mm -hmm. and um yeah i do like the you know band on the run um you know uh the other oh, what's the other one i like uh silly love songs listen to what the man said yeah i do i you know i i do like them and they are one paul mccartney's greatest hits tape um so that's how i know them are you a Paul McCartney fan? Um, yes and no. Um, I I like it. I I no more like pipe pipes of peace. I like no more lonely nights. I like we all stand together. I've got spies like us on um, single. I also bought this one, which I did like, even though it was a f a relative flop. But um, I I like that as well. So, so um, you, I'd probably say yes, but more out. through wings. Yeah. And his solo than the Beatles. Right. Okay. Okay. So, are you ready for Paul McCartney's um, songs? Yes, I am. Okay. So, 1980 coming up. That got to number two. Really? That's off the back of him yes. being big, though, isn't it? it? That was an awful start to my week. Oh, yeah, really? it's a slow burner, and it doesn't sound authentic. Like it doesn't sound like his real voice. It sounds programmed. Um, yeah. yeah, so I weren't a fan of that at all. Okay. Uh, next, we have Waterfalls in 1980, number nine. Not bad. That's nice lyrics. I liked the video as well. Um, only thing was it was the same tempo throughout it was soft and like rhythmic but yeah yeah okay next we have a, a song that we'll be mentioning later as well um ebony and ivory no we'll be mentioning another week not later um ebony and ivory with stevie wonder number one hey i got one right I said that, that was one. Nineteen eighty-two. They sound good together. I, I, I mean, I say I like Stevie Wonder. I couldn't tell you a song, but I think when I have listened to his songs, I do like him. Um, mm. It's just a good music. Uh, it's a good piece of music, Ebony and Ivory. I think. Okay. Uh, Nineteen eighty-two again. Take it away. Number fifteen. I think this one's a bit experimental. You know. Different sound to the others. Got a good beat. Okay. Um, 1982, The Girl Is Mine with Michael Jackson. Number eight. Oh, I thought that'd be a number one. 
Now, I'll let you know, I try not to have favourites as ones that I recognise. So I have got two Paul McCartney favourites because I couldn't not tell you how much I love this song. But it's because of Michael Jackson. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I recognised it. Michael Jackson, I think, carried it. I don't think Paul McCartney had much input in it, to be honest. Um, and it's a nice swaying song. Like, it's a really good song. Okay. Uh, 1983, C, 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 number two. This was with Michael Jackson as well. No, it's not credited with Michael Jackson. It's got Michael Jackson in it. I'm yeah. sure it's this one. Because he's in the video. They, they're like, it's like onto an orphanage or something. Uh-huh. Like on the back, they're on the back of a truck. And I was meant to write, oh, I like how it starts off because it called them Mike, Mac and Mike. I was like, that's cool. Or Mac and Jack. Mac and Jack. Uh-huh. I'm sure it was Say, Say, Say. Let me just double check. Yeah, Say, 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 Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. And I can't say that I was familiar with this song, but the the chorus really saves it. It's, yeah, the chorus does does stuff. It's a good one. Okay. Uh, 1983 still, Pipes of Peace, number one. Oh, do you know what? I had that as a number one and I changed it yesterday. I was like, nah, it won't. It won't be. Damn. Um, I like this one. I like the ref and the lyrics and I like the video. And I feel like people can connect to this song, like not even just about war, but like, I don't know, I feel like it's a good one that can be played. I don't see it as a Christmas song, though. Like, I forgot that I had heard it on our Christmas episode. Uh-huh. I'm, I don't know if it was the actual Christmas number one. Um, right. But um, it got to number one and was in the charts for 12 weeks. Um, but uh, no, it was, like... I think it was after, it was after, it was in January that it got to number one. Oh, okay. So it was after Christmas. But it's definitely not a Christmas song anyway, so. so okay, 1984. No more lonely nights. Probably my favourite, um, mainly because it was on a na- my one of my first now tapes, and probably before I even knew who Paul McCartney was or anything. But I just liked that song, um, and it got to number two. Oh, okay. It's got a good beat. It's a lot more up tempo than his other stuff. The only thing that ruins it for me is there's a lengthy guitar solo, and I was like, that you just didn't need this in this song. Like you just didn't need it. Didn't need any of that could have done without okay uh 1984 we all stand together now this was released for christmas and was in the charts at christmas and i remember the big furrow over it because it was like who's going to be the christmas number one and obviously as a young i was at school you know first uh, you know not at, um to, at the age where i could go out and buy a record and um i think all the kids in my class wanted because of rupert the you know because it was obviously yeah, um aimed at kids but yeah. the problem is the kids were not buying the, the uh yeah the um yeah uh, the record so it come third um uh, obviously the winner and we all know now that 
I don't think we all stand together would have ever got in a top to the top number number one anyway because obviously do they know it's christmas by band-aid was oh, yeah. number one and it was the yeah. biggest selling single of of its that time year. um yeah. and number two was a song that should have probably been number one and has since got to number one and that was last oh, christmas by wham yeah. so when i look at it now actually we all stand together done pretty well because it was not a great oh, song. it's the video it's got... the video that went that does it yeah. um it got yeah. to number three but at the time when I was at school and there was all this, you know, who's going to be the number one? Um, obviously, um, as as kids, we we wanted um, Paul McCartney because of the uh, the video more than anything yeah. in the song. But yeah, now you look at it, you look back now yeah. and you think when you know actually, why, number, number three is probably it, well, it's not probably it is the correct place that you should have been. So yeah. yeah. It's really catchy though. Like I do really like We All Stand Together, and I recognise it. But obviously, I think I recognise it from doing the Christmas episode. I just didn't put two and two together. And not gonna lie, I'm 28 years old, and I would have been sold on that video. So yeah. Um, 1985 from the film Spies Like Us with Dan Aykroyd is Spies Like Us, which actually in the video featured Dan Aykroyd, um, and it got to number 13. Did you say like this one? I bought the single. Yes, yeah. the film was rubbish, but um, I I did like the the single. It's not got much content to it for me. There's nothing no. there. No, no, I mean, no. I look back now, and it's not. It's probably one of his worst songs. But I don't know at, at the, the time, time. You know, young, yeah. young Russell. Yes. Okay, 1986. I'll be honest. It's not even one I've heard, and that's Press. Um, and that got to number 25. This is quite a good one. 25? Now, this should be higher up. There's some mm. more rubbish ones that have done better. It's flipped up in upbeat. It's got good music in it as well. Okay. So I, re I enjoyed this one. 1986, Only Love Remains, number 34. Proper slow love song. Bit too slow. I was like, mm, yeah, bad enough. And Paul McCartney's quite a slow song person as well. Mm -hmm. So then you get to that and you're like, oh, fine, go on. So, yeah, it weren't the best. Okay. 1987, Once Upon a Long Ago, number 10. Ooh. So this one's a bit of a background song, but I surprised myself and I'm going to surprise you. There's a guitar solo near the end. And all right, it's a bit long. At the beginning of that guitar solo, I was like, oh, I quite like the beat this guy's doing. I like this guitar solo going on here. So I think that's the first guitar solo I've ever liked. Mm. But then it was a bit too long, so I was like, oh, you can stop now. <laughs> okay. Moving on to 1989 and Ferry Across the Mersey. Uh, not a Paul McCartney track. It's um, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Um, and it was in for, it was for charity for the Hillsborough disaster um, when um, obviously fans lost their lives. I think it was, was it 89 fans of Liverpool in the FA Cup semi-final against Nottingham Forest. Um, it featured Jerry Marsden from Jerry and the Pacemakers, obviously wrote it. Paul McCartney, Holly Johnson from Frankie Goes Hollywood and the, uh, the, the charity champions themselves, the Christians. And it did get to a number one. I knew it, but 
it's because it's a charity, like it's yes, yeah. because of what it was for. So I knew. So you've either. I don't think I've had. Have I had very across Mersey? Uh, you probably Pete. did with the Christians. The Christians as well would have heard it. Yeah. Yes. So obviously I'd heard it already. And at first when you sent over the list, I was like, well, that's not his song because I've had that before, but I couldn't yeah. put pinpoint where. But then when I watched, there weren't a video for it. It was just like a Hillsborough um, uh-huh. sign, uh, like logo. When um, I was watching that, obviously it says Paul McCartney and others said about Hillsborough, and I was like, that's why I know it, because of this. And whoever's in there with the others is why I would have heard it before. Uh. So, yeah. Um, But no, it's not a bad one, you know, for what it's for. You know, it's good that they did that and made some money and helped. So, But it's not a song that I would listen to off my own back really yeah. I, I, well if you want to i've got the single i did buy it oh okay um 1989 my brave face got to number 18 oh this was my second favorite this was so cute i listened to this one more than once i really enjoyed it like i was surprised i was able to find a, another favorite um but yeah this one an up there song the be- like best song that he did on his own Okay. And then lastly, 1989, this one, number 18. So this one's calming. It just picks up as it, like, it picks up as it goes on. Like, there. But yeah, it takes its time. So, yeah, so he did, he did, I mean, he had one more um, song in the 80s, and that was Figure of Eight. That got, just missed out at number 42. That was in November so 1989. Um, they and then, the old 80s song. That is his 80s. Well, there, there were some that weren't. I mean, he had Pretty Little Head in 86 and he got to number 76. So, he, mm-hmm. you know, even someone like him had flops. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, um, in the 90s, he, still, he was still getting top 40 hits. Um, 1997, Young Boy got to number 19. Um, 1993, Hope of Deliverance got to number 18. So he was still, you know, even then getting... Um, mm-hmm. In the in the top forty, and then in two thousand and four, Tropic Island Hum uh, got to number twenty one, along with um, We All Stand Together, which was re released um, as a double A with Tropic Island Hum. Um, that got to number twenty one, and um, Fine Line got to number twenty in two thousand and five. So um, yeah, he's still still doing it. And then um, in twenty fifteen, he had a song with Rihanna. And Kane Kanye West um, called Four Five Seconds in 2015. And that got to number three. That's a good song, you know. So. You wouldn't like it, but it's a good song. (laughs) Okay. So, yes, so that's Paul McCartney. So, Paul McCartney. um, And now we're moving on to Peter Gabriel. Yeah. So. I went for country rock with him, but I feel like he's more on the rock side. It was more Salisbury Hill that's on the countryside, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Not much to say about him, like with his music, like it's more, you'll find out what I think of each song. He's got like a nice voice though, like a husky voice, hoarse, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, his album art is like black and white paint dripping. I saw him once 
but it looked like it was maybe more recent. So I'm not really sure what he looks like. If it was him, you told me to watch Sledgehammer, so I did. Um, it's very trippy, very clever, and I feel like they use stop motion. That might have been the start of stop motion animation like type video. Uh-huh. Um, and in Big Time, Big Time? Yeah, Big Time is another good video using camera motion, uh, stop motion and camera angles to like deceive you. So I feel like he's good with his videos and has memorable videos. Um, but I'm not 100% sure what he looked like to know about his style or what impact he may have had on the 80s. Um, he, he's um, he's very different now. He's bald. So um, if you looked at any uh, recent videos of but he looked older mm-hmm. like he was wrinkly so i don't know how old he was in the 80s as to whether that was him in the 80s but yeah, yeah like yeah so yeah. okay so peter uh-huh so peter gabriel is from chobham in surrey he's been active since 1965 and he is prog rock art rock uh, Pog Rock, Art Rock, and Pog Soul. Oh, hey, I'm way off. So, Peter Gabriel rose to fame as the original lead singer of the progressive rock band Genesis. I've had Genesis. You have, and we spoke about Peter Gabriel. I don't remember talking about Peter Gabriel, but I remember Genesis. Because um, Phil Collins took over from, so he was a drummer, and then he became also the lead singer of the the band after Gabriel left. Gabriel oh, actually left before, obviously, the eighties. So um, he left yeah. Genesis in nineteen seventy five and launched a successful solo career with and Souls. That's why I talking about him. So yeah, well, we would have mentioned him. Um, with Salisbury Hill was his first single. Uh, by 1986, he released his fifth studio album, So, which is his best-selling album and is certified triple platinum in the UK and five times platinum in the US. The wow. album's most successful single, Sledgehammer, won a record nine MTV Awards at the 1987 MTV Video Music Awards. And is reported as being MTV's most played music video of all time. It is a good video. Now and I get why I said to, to watch it. But have you done what awards he won at the MTV for it? Because how does one song win nine awards? Like, um, how? like best song, best video. I don't know if I wrote them all. No, I didn't write them all down. Because um, I didn't think you'd want to know every... You know, one well, of them. Like, but, um, I mean, yes, I do because there's nine. Who wins nine for one song? It's unheard yeah. of. Well, it was, but it was, it was a bit like Take on Me. It was diff. It was a, ahead of its time at the time. Um, yeah. And yeah, um, with the video. So obviously. It, it swept everything before it. At the you know, bear in mind MTV as we you know as we've said before, the eighties was the time when um, MTV come in and people were then thinking about videos just as much as um, 
the song itself. So um, here we go. It also won a Brit Award for British Video of the Year. Um, but as far as the MTV Music Video what goes, it got Video of the Year, Best yeah. Male Video, Best Concept Video, right. Most Experimental Video, Best Overall Performance, Best Direction, Best Visual Effects, Best Art Direction and Best Editing. It was also nominated for the Viewer's Choice Award. Um, so I don't know who won that, but um, it didn't win it. Mad. Yeah. I didn't even um, know half of them would have existed. Even though it won the Brit Award for Video of the Year and it won all those awards for the, the MTV Video Awards, um, it was nominated for three Grammys, Record of the Year, Song of the Year and Best Male Rock Performance of the Year and never won any of them. Didn't win a Grammy. Okay, well, that's a lot. Yeah. Well done to Peter Gabriel. Yes. For that. But when you think about the video, that's not really him, is it? That's like, think, best direction, whoever directed it, best editing, whoever edited it. Like, do you know what I mean? It weren't just yeah. Peter Gabriel, was it? So no. well done to his team. Uh, regarding the viewer's choice, which it was nominated for and didn't win, it was nominated yeah. with... Genesis, Land of Confusion. Bearing in mind, Peter Gabriel was a member of Genesis. That's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. Paul Simon, The Boy in the Bubble, who we had last week. Mm -hmm. Steve Winwood, Higher Love, who, funny enough, you've also got this week. Oh and U2, With or Without You. And the winner was U2, With or Without You. With or Without You. That one. Yes. With or without you. Have I got you two then? No, you two's a band. Yes, correct. We've had them. I've had them. Um, in the year before, in 1986, Take On Me did actually win the viewer's choice. Oh, just to put that in there. Yeah, that. Funny enough, with some other good videos um, that year, Money For Nothing by Dire Straits, that, that was another cartoony video. Goggy and Cream with Cry, and if you... If, I think you did watch that when we done Coddy and Cream, where they keep changing the faces. Very clever yeah. video. Robert Palmer, That's Addicted to Love, one. known for having the women models as his backing singers. And Talking Heads, Road to Nowhere, oh. were the uh, the videos for that one. So yeah, That was against Aha. Well, Aha was always going to win. Although I am surprised but Then you'd have thought Sledgehammer would have won this yeah. year. So. Uh, I might have watched you two's video, because how can that be better than that? Yeah. Yeah. But then in mind, it's a viewer's choice, so it depends as well on your... Um, I wonder whether they actually like if the it's, song. You know, your fan base. You get yeah. your fan, if you've got if a big fan base well. and you get your fan base to vote, you're more than yeah. going to win, aren't you? So yeah, that's true. So you you have got that. So yes. So, um, Gabriel's been a champion of world music for most of his career. He co-founded Romad, uh, the World of Music, Arts and Dance Festival in 1982. He has continued producing and promoting world music through his Real World Records label. He also pioneered digital distribution methods for music, co-founding OD2 On Demand Distribution in 1999, 
which is seen as one of the first online music download services. That's quite cool. So, yeah. So, you know, when you think of where we are where now with got. online download music and um, yeah. who was a professor who got in there first. Yeah. Um, not that it obviously took off as much as obviously. I mean, I've never heard you know, of that one. So um, Apple and um, Amazon. Um, but yeah. Uh, Gabriel has also been involved in numerous humanitarian efforts. And in 1980, he released his anti-apartheid single, Biko, and has participated in many human rights benefit concerts, including Amnesty International's Human Rights Now tour in 1988 and co-founded the Witness Human Rights Organization in 1992. Gabriel has won three Brit Awards, including Best British Male in 1987, six Grammy Awards and 13 MTV Music Awards. Nine of them, one video. So, yeah, Gabriel has won the Q Magazine Lifetime Achievement Award, as well as the Ivor Novello Award uh, for Lifetime Achievement. He has made a BMI he was made a BMI Music Broadcast Music Incorporation icon at the 57th Annual Awards for his influence on generations of music makers. In 2006, he received the Man of Peace Award for the Nobel Peace Prize in recognition of his many years of human rights activism. While in 2008, Time magazine named him the top in the top 100 most influential people in the world. Yeah, he was he's not as big. He, this isn't as recognized as much. Whereas like you've got like Sir Paul McCartney. He's done like Peter Gabriel's probably done as much as Pete, as Paul McCartney. Yet he's not been recognized in the same ways. Well, no, he's done a lot for charity and that's what he's being recognized, you know. Um, and obviously, yeah, Nobel Peace to get a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, so um, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Genesis in 2010 and as a solo artist in 2014. So like Paul McCartney, he's been in, he's been um, inducted twice, once for the group and yeah. for his solo work. In yeah. 2015, he was awarded an honorary doctorate from the University of South Australia in oh, recognition of his achievements in music. So, Biko is about Stephen Biko, who was killed in South Africa. Um, so B Stephen Biko was actually a um, against, obviously, the apartheid, you know, the the um, the racism and segregation and that that was going on. And he was actually the forefront before Nelson Mandela. But unlike Nelson Mandela, he who got obviously um, imprisoned, Biko actually got killed. Oh. Um, so Simple Minds covered Biko for their album, The Street Fighting Years. And they also performed a version live with Peter Gabriel for Nelson Mandela's 70th birthday at Wembley. And Simple Minds introduced Gabriel onto the stage, saying Gabriel was a big influence on both their music and their politics. I like that. So I kind of knew about 
that it that Beaker was a person. There was something in the video, uh-huh. but it weren't like a proper video. It was like there was text or something at the beginning, but it went quite fast. So I only kind of saw. I didn't know what happened to Beaker. I just knew that it was a person yeah. and that he was raising awareness for something, but I didn't know what. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paul Simon also recorded a version of Beaker in 2013 for a Gabriel tribute album called And I'll Scratch Yours. On the same album, Lou Reed covered Salisbury Hill, a single that the synth-pop duo Erasure also covered and released in 2003 and saw it chart higher than Gabriel's Gabriel's version when it reached number 10. Not recognise Salisbury Hill, but more the name of it. So uh-huh. now you said Erasure on that. Ah, because Erasure have one, and you would have spoken about that. So yes, maybe even listen to it. Um, so, but yeah, Peter Gabriel. Not, not not so many hits really. Um, and I did give you one that was outside of the eighties. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes. So Salisbury Hill was from nineteen seventy seven. And got to number 13. Okay. Well, I liked that one. It makes you feel good. It's catchy. It's got a good beat. It's an up there one for me. I definitely suggest listening to Erasure's version. I feel like I probably have. Um, you may well have. I can't remember if we gave it because it was in the 90s, not no, the 80s. Yeah. But I mean, like, you probably played it anyway. But yeah. But yeah. Um, 1980, Games Without Frontiers. That got to number four. Really? Yeah. Oh, this was a complete change for the first song. Like, it went serious and a bit dark. Like, Games Without Frontiers were probably my oh, least favourite, I want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Self-Control, also from 1980, got to number 33. Ooh. Do you know what I liked about this this one? It's really made for headphones. Like you've got, you know, like how it can switch. Yeah. Now in one ear. At the beginning of this song, you have it just in your right, just in your left, just in your right. And it's like really good. But like, and then it gets into the song. Like uh-huh. I liked it in my headphones. Um, It's a change in, like, it's got a good change in tempo in the song as well. And the music, like, especially when it's like going from one side to the other, really pulls you in. So I think that's a really good headphone song. All right. Okay. Um, 1980, Eco got to number 38. Now that's disappointing. Yeah, it was also re-released. He released it in um, 1987. And that time it only got to number 49. That's disappointing. It's a beautiful song. It's written with purpose. It's raising awareness. Like, oh. That's horrible. And considering how much it's been covered as well, you'd think it would have been bigger. I thought it was going to be a number one. Obviously, we've had all three number ones now. But, yeah, yeah I thought, like, that was in my, like, five number ones that I had. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be one. Well, this is the one I actually thought was number one, and that is 1986. Bear in mind, we've gone for 1980, and now we're at 1986, because um, he hadn't really he's he's had he's released songs but he just didn't have really? any hits and then obviously the video helped with this song so 1986 yeah. ledge hammer got to number four. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, I thought this would be another number one. Again, off the back of the video. Um, it's catchy, upbeat. I think this this pulled me right back into the 80s, you know. Like, yeah, it was a really 80s song. And I did like the video. So that was, Oh, that was my favourite from him as well. Uh-huh. Um, and then we had 1986 again, Don't Give Up, with Kate Bush, who also at the time was... A, a big artist with um, obviously running up that hill, up that hill. and um, Wuthering Heights. Um, yeah. So she was a big pull and um, it got to number nine. Okay. I weren't that big a fan of it. Too slow. I do like Kate Bush, like all the songs. I probably only know, like, obviously running up that hill um, and a prop like Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights. Um, and I think if I listened to, I'd know a few more of hers. But like, I like her voice, but I didn't like her in this. Okay. And then lastly, 1987, Big Time, got to number 13. Okay. It weren't bad. It was catchy. I feel like it could have had a bit more oomph in it, though. He did have a number 10 hit in um, the 1990s. Probably, I think it was his last top 10 hit. Um, and that was in 1990. Three with steam um so yeah he, and he had he did have some top 40 hits as well in the 90s but that was his biggest hit and his last number 10 top 10 he's not a big hitter is he no 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 um but is he is a big hitter as far as um charities go as i'm saying yeah the amount of charity work he's done yeah. okay as we move on to glenn goldsmith yeah. So I've gone with R and B, my type of music. Uh-huh. I didn't expect him to look like him from his name. Okay. I expected a bit more of an average guy, but he was quite a bit of a suave guy. He can dance, got a good dress sense. Uh-huh. Um I get more of a nineties feel with him. So I feel like he was with his hits towards the end of the 80s like they feel very end of the 80s going into night especially like with the r&b and just uh-huh. the way that like it just feels like these songs would have probably yeah. hit better and he would have been a bigger person like bigger artist in the 80s uh in the 90s um okay. yeah that's what i think from him okay so glenn goldsmith is from high wickham oh and he's been active since like, 1987. So you're right. He is ah, right. end of the 80s. Yeah. Um, he is R&B, pop and soul. Okay. So Goldsmith signed a recording contract in 1987 with RCA Records and released his first single, I Won't Cry, in that same year. And he gained chart success in Europe, reaching number 18 in Germany. Okay. So Goldsmith's biggest selling hit was Dreaming, which was a year later in 1988, which saw him perform on Top of the Pops. Mm. His album, What You See Is What You Get, was also released in 1988 and peaked in the UK album chart at number 14. So Goldsmith co-wrote and recorded You Got Me Dancing with American producer Jay Logan 
for his second album, Don't Turn This Groove Around, which was released by RCA Records. The single was released in 1989 and featured MC Hammer, and it was MC Hammer's first release in the UK, with Hammer also appearing in Goldsmith's music video for the song. Although the single didn't chart and Goldsmith's career then moved on to songwriting and producing. Goldsmith scored his first top 30 hit as a co-songwriter with Mika Paris, recording Call Me By My Name, which was the B-side to I Never Felt Like This Before. Goldsmith has also worked with Danny Minogue and Peter Andre, oh, wow. who had Goldsmith's biggest hit to date with Mysterious Girl. No! Which eventually made number one on its third release after Andre's appearance on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. So he produced yeah. Mysterious Girl. So instead of his own music, he went to the behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah. Right. But that's sick. I love Mysterious Girl. Peter Andre's like my one of my up there guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Glenn Coldsmith, you only had three songs of his. Yeah. Um, and so... I'm annoyed. But I I'm annoyed, but I also know why I didn't. But I didn't listen to any extras, but I did for the other three artists that i've got this week but uh-huh. i do know why i didn't so i'll explain to you at the end why I okay yeah. so 1987 i won't cry got to number 34 oh it's a bit repetitive but it's got a good beat uh-huh. 1988 dreaming got to number 12 oh that was my favorite um He's like really shows off his voice. He's got a good voice. Um, it's catchy. It's a sing along song. It's kind of like the whole package. And I'm pretty sure in Dreaming it was a video where I was like, oh, he can dance. Uh, and that, as I say, that was his biggest hit. Um, sad. He didn't get any top tens. So yeah. Um, and in 1988, what you see is what you get, um, which was the leads, obviously the, the title of his album as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that got to number 33. Really? I really like that one. It grabbed me. Like, it builds up. It's one of those ones where it really builds up to the chorus, and then the chorus hits you. Okay. So, moving on to Steve Winwood. Yeah. So, I've gone with pop. I'm not really sure on his genre, but I went with pop. Okay. Um, so, you've given me two songs. I'll get into them in a minute. I listened to two more. Back okay. in the High Life again, which was catchy. It was a nice swaying song, a bit of sing-along in there. And then While You See a Chance, and that's got a good background music. It's got, it like, uses a keyboard or something. It's really good. Uh-huh. The only downside to it was it was a bit too instrumental for me, right? Okay. So the reason that I really had to listen to those two was because the two songs that you gave me I like recognize. So basically, it's two big hits. One's been covered, and one I don't think has been covered. I think it has been sampled because oh, right. I think what 
what I'm thinking of doesn't have the same lyrics. And um. I've not written down the song. But it's like a think of how he sings Valerie. Valerie. Yeah. yeah? It's uh-huh. like, oh, there's like a song and it's like, I'm sure it's like a gym song and it really gets you working out. I have to send you it because I don't know, I don't know whether you know about this. When anyway. you just said it like that, it sounded like Eloise. Valerie. Yeah, I know, but there's a song oh, called Eloise and that goes like that. Well, maybe that's been sampled but, well. um, but there's definitely a song that has sampled the, the way Valerie's sung, but it's uh-huh. not Valerie. I was like... I recognise this song, but it weren't then what was in my head. So right. I typed in the song. And I, I want to say that it's called Call Me or Call On Me. I'll have to find it out when you're talking and I'll let you know. But anyway, so basically his two biggest songs that you've given me have yeah. been covered. And obviously Higher Love, tell me if I'm wrong, Whitney Houston covered it? Oh, I don't know. Or... Whitney Houston's definitely covered it. Right. How do you not know this? How am I? No, I, I yeah. Oof. Whitney Houston has done a song called Higher Love, mm. and that's the version that I know. So either Whitney Houston did it first or he did it first, but one of them's a cover. But with you doing that, I'm guessing this one's the original. But then I was surprised you didn't see anything about Whitney Houston. Um, so, yeah, I had to – I was like, well, I need to find out some more songs to really gauge an opinion because uh-huh. I know these two songs really. Um and it was also this guy at the coronation concert, wasn't it? He and was I nearly, indeed. So... I nearly rewatched his coronation thing, but then I remember watching it and I was like, no, I have I did watch yeah, it. He is um Prince Charles is a big fan evidently. Oh really? So Prince um... Charles? Prince Oh, King now, sorry, yes, yes, yeah, King, King Charles is a, <laughs> is a fan of Steve Winwood. Ah. Um, so uh, that is why he was, um, was, there. was there. I just remember you messaging me going, oh, we got the 80s. And then obviously when he came up this week, I was like, ah, that's that guy. So, yeah. So um, Valerie was, was written by, um, by Steve Winwood. Yeah. And it doesn't have any other um, versions as being released. Now I'm telling you, there's a, there's, it's been sampled, Dad. So I'm telling maybe you, sampled, but there's no, there's not down yeah, for that's any what I said. Definitely been Higher yeah. Love. Higher Love was covered by Whitney Houston. Higher Love. Um, by Whitney Houston, I'm telling was, you. Was uh, also written by Steve Winwood. Yeah. And again, it doesn't say that um, it's yeah. been it as Kygo and Whitney Houston. Yes, thank you. Yes, in but Kygo. 2019, although it was Kygo. recorded in 1989. No, Whitney Houston covered it first, and then Kygo is remixed. Well, it says that. I've got here, it was recorded in 1989, Houston's vocals, but it was released in 2018 on after Kygo got hold of it and obviously done an arrangement on it. Oh. Okay, well, yeah, I know it. And it's Call On Me, Call On Me. That's uh-huh. the song that sampled Valerie. Um, okay. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I have taught you something. 
Oh, yeah. Steve Winwood. Um, he's from Hansworth in Birmingham. And he's been active since 1961. He's um, known for Blue Eyed Soul, R&B, Rock and Pop. Okay, so Pop's in there. So Winwood is primarily a guitarist, stroke keyboardist and vocalist. He has played other instruments, including the drums, bass and saxophone. Oh, wow. He is known for his distinctive, soulful, high tenor voice. Yeah, I did like his voice. So Winwood was an integral member of three bands during the 1960s and 1970s with the Spencer Davis Group, Traffic and Blind Faith. In 1976, following the grind of touring and recording, Winwood left Traffic, um, Blind Faith, which was a super group, which included Eric Clapton and was short-lived after Clapton left. Um, he was replaced by Denny Lane of Wings, and um, the band renamed themselves Ginger Bales Air Force and included Chris Wood of Traffic. So there you go. So there's a bit of um, inter interlinking from today's artists. So you've got Eric yeah. Clapton and you've got Wings as well, which obviously was Paul yeah. McCartney. Um, in 1977, under pressure from Ireland Records, Winwood resurfaced with his first solo album, the self-titled Steve Winwood. This was followed in 1980 by his second solo studio album, Ark of a Diver, which included his first solo hit, While You See a Chance, which although only reaching number 45 in the UK, it did reach number seven on the Billboard Hot 100 in the US and number two on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart. In 1986, he went to New York City to record his third studio album, Back in the High Life, with the album becoming a commercial success with the lead single, Higher Love, reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So there you go. You've you got a number one in America. Ah, so I did think, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought Higher Love would have been a number one, but uh -huh. with a but I mean, it was still a number one somewhere. Um, but also, this week it's been very British for one, mm. and also not many of them have hit in America. No, you've not mentioned America much this week. So um, it her it that that song earned him two Grammy Awards for Record of the Year and Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. Winwood supported the album with an extensive tour of North America and by the end of the tour he divorced his wife Nicole in England and moved to Nashville in Tennessee to set up with his now new American wife Eugenia. Oh, do you know what? The way you said that sounds like there was a crossover. Oh, what? Sounds like there was a crossover, like he got married before he got divorced. Oh, no, like, no, 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 no. He got divorced. And then moved back to America, moved to America, and then yeah. set up with, uh, with an American movement. who he then married called Eugenia. Wow. Um, so in 2008, Winwood was awarded an honorary doctorate from the Berkeley College of Music to add to his honorary degree from the Ashton University in Birmingham. 
In May 2023, Winwood performed as part of the Combination Concert at Windsor Castle, where he performed Higher Love, backed by the choir from the Commonwealth Realms. So, it was a good set, to be fair. But so, yes. I so, didn't really know what I was listening to. Valerie released in 1982 yeah. and got to number 51. Really? Yes. That's a well good song, but not going to lie, I prefer Call On Me with the sample of it. But then, following the success of Higher Love, he re-released Valerie in 1987, where it got to number 19. Okay. Right. I'm just waiting for Valerie to pick up. Like, but I think because Call Me, where it's been sampled, it has like a good drop. But like I say, it's been sampled and like it's more of like a workout. Uh-huh. So I think that's just what I'm used to. Yeah. And then um, Higher Love, which was released in 1986, got to number 13. Okay. I prefer. Whitney version. Uh-huh. The chorus is a vibe. It is a good song. Okay. So we move on to Lamal, who yeah. you have also come across. Uh, yes, I have, and I, 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 I recognised him. Is he from Kachagugu? He is from Kachagugu. Yeah, I wrote it down. I just and that's all I've written about him because I was really excited. Um, apart from the fact that he screams 80s, he's got the hair, the styles, videos with the old technology like cameras, chunky phones. Um, I've put him as rock and I think he's very early rock because the hair that he's got, I feel like went on to be an influence on people because I, um, in like my teens, I had a group of friends and they all had hair like what he had. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think he got better looking with age as well. Just put it out there when he got rid of the big air. Um, the extra one that I listened to was Loving Your Eyes, slower and really shows off his voice. I think it was that one, maybe isn't an 80s song because he'd got rid of like the big hair. So I feel like maybe he'd moved into a new decade. Okay. So Lamar is from Pemberton in Wigan, Lancashire. He's been active in the music business since 1978. And he okay. is, now you said rock, which threw me, because he's pop, synth pop, oh, new like, wave. Maybe it's just because of his hair. So, yeah. Synth pop, yeah. Oh, my God, of course. Yeah, well, Kachigugu was, you know, too shy, which was yeah. synth pop. I think I got thrown off by the way that he looks. But also, I don't know if you know this, I knew one of his songs. Never Ending Story? Yeah, from a TV programme. Uh. Yeah, you know Stranger Things. Uh huh. Yeah, so Stranger Things is set in the eighties. Yeah, that um, isn't that the yeah, one that's got the Kate Bush song in it. Yeah, which reignited her career. Yeah, yeah. Got her back. Yeah, well, Never Ending Story is in it as well. Mm-hmm. And when I when I was like writing my notes, I was like, oh, I because because I do my first listen in the car. Sometimes I think, oh yeah, I know that one. 
But then if I've, especially if I've listened to it in the morning and then a whole day at work, I forget to then tell Connor about some of the things. So when I was doing my notes and I listened to it, I went, oh yeah, I forgot to tell him. So I took um, my laptop to him, played it out loud and went, where do you know this song from? Because I, he always asks me who I'm listening to each week and he always says who he recognises. So this week he said Paul McCartney and he'd heard of Eric Clapton. Well, when I was doing this, I was like, you know a song by Lamar. He went, no, I don't. I went, yes, you do. Played it. And it took him a while, you know, whereas I got it by, like, the first beat. And then he went, oh, yeah, because we really like the scene that it's in. Uh Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Stranger Things. See, watching Stranger Things is giving me loads of 80s music. (laughs) Okay. So Lamar was born Christopher Hamill, with Lamar coming from an anagram of Hamill. So that's how he got his name. Clever. Clever. So originally a member and lead singer of new wave band Kajagoogoo, he was fired at the end of their White Feathers album tour by the band's manager over the phone, over the phone, although the other members agreed with the, the him being fired. Um, uh, however, they were unaware that it was done over the phone. Limal has since said... I was in utter disbelief, but the overwhelming emotion was anger, mainly towards the manager at first. But later, as I mulled over the betrayal, I was especially angry at my four professional colleagues who I had who I had viewed as not only as friends, but almost as family. It's a bit... I feel like I remember you saying about that when we did Catch a Yes, yeah, I would have, yeah. So after leaving the band, Lamar launched a solo career, achieving hits with Only for Love in 1983 and The Neverending Story in 1984. The Neverending Story was the theme from the film of the same name, composed and written by Giorgio Moroder, who we've obviously Mm -hmm. come across quite a few times. However, Lamal's 1984 debut album, Don't Suppose, was a failure, peaking at number 63 in the UK album chart, although it was successful in Europe, where it topped the Norwegian album chart and reached the top 10 in Austria, Sweden and Switzerland. Following this, Lamal released two further albums, 1986's Colour of the Days, and Love is Blind in 1992. However, again, both failed to chart in the UK, but found moderate success in Italy, Spain and Germany. In 2003, Lamal briefly reunited with Kajagoogoo for the VH1 series Bands Reunited to perform their hit song, Too Shy. We hadn't heard about bands reunited in a long time. Because we're not doing bands anymore, but yeah. Forgot that. That would be one reason, but yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't a big... I mean, it got some bands together, but it did flop with quite a few as well. And um, I think it only done two or three series. Yeah, well, I feel mm. like it should have been bigger. I feel like it's such. It I mean, like there, there is a lot concept. of bands it could have gone into, but. Yeah, I feel like it sounds like such a good concept. Yeah. Okay, so Lamal, 1983, Only for Love, got to number 16. 
80s. Simple, but catchy. And I feel like it's pure 80s sounding. Okay. And then 1984, The Neverending Story got to number four. Oh, that's great. I, lo- oh, I just love that song. I think Stranger Things has definitely sold it to me. Um, but yeah, it's my favourite. Okay, and as for Love in Your Eyes, which you said you listened to, it was 1980s, yeah. 1986. Oh, and it got to number oh, okay. 80. Oh, well, I quite liked it. <laughs> it is slower, but I really liked the pureness of it with his voice. So. Uh-huh. Okay. Moving on to Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. I've gone with rock again, but not straight up rock. I feel like there's something like a not soft rock, though. I don't Uh know what he is. Um, Good musician. There's no two songs the same, though. Um, He's just a man with a guitar. I feel like he's quite talented as well. Um, You sent me two extra songs instead of me finding them myself this time. Um, So I shot the sheriff. A lot of instrumentals. Really like the chorus, though. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even listen to Swing Low Sweet Chariot because I know it. It's the rugby song, isn't it? Um, it is. Yeah, so that's a classic. I forget about that even, that even exists. Didn't know it was by him. Surprised I didn't have it as a hit, to be honest. But, yeah, I like, I like it. Okay. So, Eric Clapton is from Ripley, Surrey. And he has been active since 1962 and is rock stroke blues. Okay, maybe it's the blues that threw me off when I was like rock, but not straight up. Yeah. Okay. So he is a songwriter, singer and guitarist. Yeah. He's talented. Um, yeah. So. Clapton is regarded as one of the most successful and influential guitarists in rock music. He ranked second in a Rolling Stones magazine list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time. Clapton was also named fifth in Time magazine's list of the top 10 best electric guitar players. So... As you can see from that, uh, he was um, well seen and thought of as a guitar player. Yeah, he's a good one there. I just think he's talented. Like I say, he's just a man with a guitar as well. Yeah. Um, So Clapton started by playing in a number of local bands before joining the Yardbirds in 1963. However, he wasn't happy when the Yardbirds changed their sound from being blues rock to a more radio-friendly commercial pop rock sound. So he left in 1965 and joined John Mayall's band, The Blues Breakers. Um, He joined them for one album, but left after, after that album in 1966 to form his own band, Cream with drummer Ginger Baker and bassist Jack Bruce, where they played blues-based psychedelic pop. After Cream broke up in 1968, 
Clapton formed blues rock band Blind Faith with Ginger Baker from um, Cream, um, Steve Winwood and Rick Greck from Traffic. So they became the supergroup Blind Faith. Mm-hmm. The supergroup recorded one album and performed one tour before they broke up in 1970 with Clapton embarking on a solo career. Although now seen as a solo artist, he still performed with other groups like Delaney and Bonnie, as well as Derek and the Dominoes, with whom he recorded Layla, one of his signature written songs. Clapton recorded a cover of Bob Marley's I Shot the Sheriff in 1974, which got to number nine and helped to launch reggae to a mass audience. So we all think of reggae in uh, here with, with, with you know, YB40 and, you know, others that were around at the time. Um, but it was actually um, his Isn't cover he... of We Shot the Sheriff, which obviously was Bob Marley, who was the, 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 the main person for reggae, although I suppose he wasn't as well known at the time in the UK. I'm... Sure. But isn't it sad that oh, okay, I'm going on one now. But like reggae yeah. is more known like Caribbean, so coloured people, whereas Eric's a white person. So yeah, black black people, main... not coloured, black. Well, yeah, but so it like reggae is known by black people, you relate it to yeah. them, they're yes. the start. Yeah, Eric Clapton's the one that made yeah. it fit, and it's kind of like, well, that's a bit sad for them, isn't it? Yes but and no, because yeah. um, UB40 are mixed. They got the lead yeah. singer was white, but they have, did have black members. But they, had they were influenced by and, it. Um, they were a big oh. thing to do with um, reggae. Uh, reggae as well. So. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and that's what I'm saying. It was him that brought reggae to the mat. He brought it over yeah. to to um, here, and um, obviously, yeah, we all know, we've all heard and know a bit Bob Bob Marley. Um, yeah. but I don't it's think he did bad, before that. He covered it. So yeah. 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 Um, so yes. Yeah, so uh, he also covered the African American spiritual song. Swing Low Sweet Chariot in 1975 <laughs> that got to number 19. Yes, it's a cover. Oh. So Clapton has released 22 solo albums, including Whoa. 1977's Slow Hand, which is country infused, to the pop rock of 1986's August. So he's literally really has gone through the uh you know he's known for you know the blues and um rock but he has done pop and he has done country yeah so he's uh dabbled a bit in other genres that's for sure in 1991 he wrote the song tears in heaven following the death of his son connor in 1992 he wrote the songs, or he wrote a, he wrote songs for the soundtrack of Lethal Weapon Three. So he was involved as well in the soundtrack of Lethal Weapon, and was asked oh. to then write songs right. again for Lethal Weapon Three. Yeah. Um, 
and um, in two of them he dueled with Elton John on One Array Train, which peaked at number thirty-one, and then he also dueled with um, in the same year because obviously it was on the same tra- soundtrack with Sting on It's Probably Me, and that peaked at number thirty. So that was the better one of the two. So yeah, Runaway Train with Elton John and it's probably me with Sting, two of the biggest names at the time. So he's a bit bigger than he comes across, isn't he? But Oh yeah, yeah. I mean Cream were big. Cream Cream is what he's known for. Right. Um but yeah, before the eighties obviously. Um in nineteen ninety five he had his only number one when Love Can Build a Bridge reached the position the single was a collaboration with Sher, Chrissy Hind of The Pretenders and Naina Cherry and was released for comic relief. Ah. So Clapton, as well as working on the Lethal Weapon soundtracks, was also um, behind the Rush soundtrack. And in 1983, Clapton was awarded with the Silver Clef Award for outstanding contribution to to British music. Mm. Um, in 1985, he won a BAFTA award um, for best original TV music for his music on the Edge of Darkness TV show. In 1992, he won an Ivor Novello award for lifetime achievement from the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers and Authors. Mm. While in 1993, Tears in Heaven won three Grammys, Song of the Year, Record of the Year and Male Pop Performance. Clapton also won Album of the Year and Best Rock Performance for his Unplugged album and Best Rock Song for Layla. In 1995, Clapton was made an OBE for services to music. In 2000, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the third time. This time as a solo artist, following his induction with both Cream and Yardbirds. So he's done one better than yeah then um, paul mccartney, paul McCartney and, and peter gabriel Genesis guy yeah so yes mm. in 2004 he was promoted to a cbe wow so there we go. but like he's like i don't really know of him yet he's quite big yeah. yeah in 2006 he was awarded the grammy lifetime achievement award as a member of cream and then, as I say, overall, Clapton has received 18 Grammy Awards. He has sold more than 280 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling musicians of all time. Yeah, I've never heard of him. In 1998, Clapton, who himself is a recovering alcoholic and drug addict, founded the Crossroads Centre on Antigua, which is a medical facility for those recovering from substance abuse. And then in 2015, he had an asteroid named after him called 
4305 Clapton. Yes, an asteroid. What a mo- what a random thing to have named after you. Yes, yeah. <sighs> so, um, you've actually only had one song from the 80s of Eric Clapton's, but I did give you two oh. others. So, yeah. 1987, Behind the Mask, got to number 15. Oh, well, that's good. It was my favourite. It picks up as it goes on. Like, I really, like, at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm not feeling this. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, yeah, do you know what? This is a bit of a vibe. And in 1990, Bad Love got to number 25. Okay, it's got a long intro, not much content, but it does show off his vocals. Okay. And then 1992, the song that he is associated with, and I think because it was such a poignant song because of obviously what it meant, uh, Tears in Heaven got to number five. Yeah, I um, put it has a deeper meaning. It's definitely used for sad times, I reckon. Um, It's just very slow for me. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Mm -hmm. All I need to now find out is whether... I influ- dad Im- did dad influence or did not wow. yes or no hit or miss paul mccartney no. miss Ooh. i don't like the big ones this series shaking oh. stevens is still on his own yeah oh. i just don't like him okay paul mccartney is not for me okay. i don't think he's for many people I was actually talking to my friend about him today, and she was like, "No, I don't like Paul McCartney." So I don't. Maybe think he... I mean I prefer Wings. I must say, um, maybe have a listen to Wings. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, and I don't think Paul McCartney would hit with people nowadays, anyway. No, no, no. I'd... no. Um, Peter, Peter Gabriel. Gabriel, another miss. As much Ooh. as I really did enjoy Sledgehammer, I weren't a fan. Of, like, weren't his other music didn't get me as much i did yeah. like Beto, um but i'm more liked the meaning of it um but yeah so miss but i only because i won't really go back it's mm. not really soulsby hill yeah yeah but it's just not enough for me okay to... glenn goldsmith so do you remember i said i know why i didn't listen to any more yeah it's because i really liked him anyway I don't need uh-huh. to listen to him anymore. He's a hit with me. To be honest, I should have uh-huh. listened to more because I do actually like him. Yeah. Um, but I was like, let's not. I'll listen to more another day, like as my playlist goes on and gives me recommended songs and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I really enjoyed his songs. Like yeah. he, like, yeah. But I think it's because he's like, like I said, he gives me more 90s feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Steve Winwood. Another hit. Ooh. Yeah, I did. And as much as obviously what I've said about Higher Love and Valerie, I did like the other songs I did go and listen to. So Okay. So um, you have the same music taste as the King. Apparently so. But also during the Coronation concert, I remember watching him and I was like, "Mm, don't think much of this. But then listen to him. He sang one song. Well, yeah, that's true. Which probably I didn't fit much of him, but still, um, I was like, nah, not a vibe. And then obviously listening to him this week, I was like, yeah, actually. Okay, Lamal, another hit. Ooh. He's great. He is. 
I like him. He was a flop. It's funny because yeah. both him and Kachagugu were flops after he left. Did I like Kachagugu though? Oh, I can't remember. I feel like I did, you know. Yeah. Okay, lastly, Eric Clapton. Yeah, he's, um, he's a myth. Didn't like him. Okay. Wow. Not really a good week, although, it, you know, you got three out Half of three. And and that's probably the three that I was, well, I, I think I was expecting Lamal. Steve Winwood, I was a bit on under balance, but I did think you'd like Peter Gabriel and maybe Paul McCartney. No. No. Do you not know me but at all, Dad? Ah, Paul McCartney is not for me. Ah. Okay, so it just leaves me to give you next week's. Yeah. And um, you, may, you may enjoy next week's. You'll definitely know well, some. Well, I don't know because you keep saying this. And I don't like the big ones. I like all the little people. So Yeah, I mean, Cliff Richard I get. And to a degree, Paul McCartney. But I was shocked with David Bowie. That was the, probably the big shock. Um, so let's see for next week then. Your big one for next week is, funny enough, someone we had this week. Is it Michael Jackson? No. Yeah, is it Stevie Wonder? It is indeed. Okay, all right. I do think I like Stevie Wonder, but I don't know vast amount of his music. Uh-huh. So I mean, it could have it could have been you could have you could have gone Michael Jackson, or you could have gone Sting as well. Obviously, we uh, spoke about this. Week. I've had Sting, haven't I? Not yet. No. I swear, you gave me Sting. No, we haven't had Sting. Have we not? No, no. no. Are you sure? Uh, series one, uh, sorry, episode one, Shaken <laughs> Stevens, Tom Petty, John Waite, no, Matthew I mean Wilder like, and Bobby McFerrin. No, I don't um, mean this series. I right, mean, we, like, was he like a... Well, he was in the police. Guy. He was in the group of the police. Oh, right. Okay. But obviously, you haven't had him solo. Yes, he went solo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. you haven't got him. It's Stevie Wonder. So you were correct. Stevie Wonder. Him. No. Um, Eddie Grant. Never heard of him. Elvis Costello. I feel like I recognise that name, but I don't know why. David Grant. No. Boy George. Oh, Boy George. Okay, yeah. Wait, he's not up there. He's not a big one. Nope. Mm. And Marilyn. No, I don't know who that is. Okay. So they are your six artists for next week all right stevie wonder eddie grant elvis costello david grant boy george and marilyn okay it's actually sorry i've read it out in the wrong order stevie wonder elvis costello eddie grant david grant boy george are they related no eddie grant and david grant are not related okay all right, well, we'll see. We will. Let's see what I think of Stevie Wonder. I shall um, send um, the singles for you to listen to yeah. over. Yeah. And we shall discuss next week. Yeah. Okay. Thanking you. All right, then. Okay. Thank you. All right. I'll speak to you next week. You will indeed. Bye. Bye, Dad. <laughs>